to discuss the real issues affecting the Tasman nations, this is Trad Tasman Talk, jointly produced by the Unshackled.net and RightMinds.nz. Now, here's Tim Wilms in Australia and Dewa DeBoer in New Zealand. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Trad Tasman Talk for another week on this Friday, the 23rd of September, 2022. I'm Tim Williams, Editor-in-Chief here in Melbourne on this Grand Final Eve public holiday. It's a four-day long weekend here, and it is 6 p.m., and hello, I am Dewa DeBoer for Right Minds NZ here in Auckland, and it is 8 p.m. Uh, on the dot. We're uh, well on well on time today. Uh, I see some regulars in the chat already. Uh, good to see you. Hello, everyone. And uh, we're also just uh, getting into our long weekend here. Chaos on the, uh, the motorways out of Auckland, apparently, um, although I'm happy to stay put. Um, but our public holiday here uh, is on a Monday. So we'll have the day of mourning, national day of mourning for the Queen uh, on, what is that, the 20, 26th, I believe. Double check the calendar. Yeah. So that'll be uh, uh, on, on Monday. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit difficult to have a national day of mourning um, when, you know, obviously the Queen was buried on Tuesday night for us. Uh, and well, it was Monday you know, night. Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry, Monday night. Yes. My apologies, and uh, it went it went into into uh, into the Tuesday morning, uh, and yeah, it, it is obviously there's a, a, a state memorial service in Wellington. There are several. There's a service somewhere in Christchurch, somewhere in Auckland as well. I believe there's one tonight in Auckland and one in uh, Christchurch later on. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's there's no there's no body, and obviously she's already buried. So um, it's it feels just like a, a regular long weekend rather than anything, um, you know. With, with any deep significance. Uh, the memorial service uh, for uh, Queen Elizabeth II in Canberra uh, yesterday was quite underwhelming uh, because, like, as you said, her uh, funeral in, in London uh, was uh, on Monday, which marked the end of the, the official mourning period in the, the UK. And so our media uh, decided to, to focus on since it was a, a, a day off, uh, the uh, perpetual uh, protesting uh, far left uh, extremists decided to uh, have a protest uh, burning the Australian flag in multiple uh, cities, uh, vandalising uh, the British consulate and uh, Green Senator uh, for Victoria, Lydia Thorpe, uh, she decided uh, for a stunt to smear her hands in mock blood. And there was a New South Wales Greens candidate, uh, Linda June Coe, told demonstrators that Queen Elizabeth was a war criminal. She did fuck all against the atrocities committed under her name and her predecessors and the institutions which she represents. And uh, forgive my language here. They called the late queen an old bitch, old slut, and one person yelled, "I hope she rots in hell." In Brisbane, where activists burnt the Australian flag one 
a speaker told the crowd, our message to England and the monarchy is to uh, fucking burn. And uh, one banner said, uh, well, they were, uh, they were pictured where, uh, picturing a pig wearing the crown with the words, no, co- no kings, no cops, no capitalism, unless those cops are capsicum spraying uh, uh, people against COVID lockdowns. Uh, so, yes, uh, that's where the media coverage uh, was. And, uh, of course, they didn't say that this was uh, disgraceful. They just said it was uh, emotionally charged protesters. That's what Seven News said. Uh, unfortunately, we, we had some of that today in New Zealand as well. Um, I only just saw the photos uh you know, in, in a few minutes before we started the show, but they chalked uh, similar slogans uh, in Wellington today. They had uh, some kind of, you know, climate protests uh, with these uh, high school students who have been, uh, you know, uh, brainwashed into this uh, horrific cult. Um, yeah, very sad, tragic stuff. Um, and, yeah. A, a sign of the times. Yes, and... Um... One of the commenters said that uh, if I burn burned a flag from the third world, I get charged with a hate crime. Well, Stephanos Araculus, uh, aka Australian Meditations, is still under investigation by the Australian Federal Police uh, for a video uh, that uh, was uploaded uh, at Australia Day uh, this year, uh, where three. Uh, Nin, uh, dressed in in black uh, ninja, uh, white Australians uh, burnt uh, the Aboriginal flag uh, with a sign in the background that said Lydia Thorpe Abo Hoare. So uh, we've already seen play out what happens if uh, a group of uh, white Australians burn the Aboriginal flag and call uh, Lydia Thorpe names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, the, you know, uh, the the it's yeah it, it, it's a social breakdown or an inversion of the social order to see people you know say this about the queen uh, and there's no repercussions for it and really actually there should be you know i think it's that it's that um super uh uh sort of uh well it gets called classical liberalism but it's actually not if you read the classical liberals but modern liberalism uh which uh, uh, you know, basically says, oh, you know, you can say whatever you want, you can do whatever you want, everything is fair game, all kinds of these horrible things uh, uh, should be completely legal and have no repercussions. But then, of course, uh, if it's done to some of their holy icons, then, uh, you know, then you end up in trouble. And uh, thank you for the comment there, Dr. Foster. Um, yes, uh, no, sh- shouldn't draw attention to those, uh, to the specifics of that. Um, and, uh, and the vast majority well, I hope the vast majority are uh, in support of, uh, uh, you know, at least decency and order and are certainly mourning uh, for the Queen. Um, but yes, it is, uh, I think, worthy to showcase, well, not worthy, necessary to showcase that uh, they can do this with, you know, impunity, whereas uh, you can't, you know, you, you can't go after their icons. Well, I'm a free speech absolutist, so you should be able to burn both the Australian flag and the Aboriginal flag or the... Yeah, but it, it doesn't Rainbow happen. That world, that world doesn't you exist. Know, I'm, I'm just stating <laughs> what my free speech uh, beliefs are. As long as it's done in a fire-safe way that you, you, you're... you're <laughs> 
you're not the the way that you're setting fire to it's not going to lead to a massive fire. That's that's uh, that's I think another another issue when it comes to people who burn flags for for stunts. Now, uh, in addition to these uh, protesters uh, going mask off, uh, the world leaders also went mask off uh, in the past week. Uh, we saw. Uh, uh, the pandemic officially end with every single. Oh, world the, the, the the Chinese uh, officials at the funeral they were wearing masks because they still take the virus seriously because they really <laughs> care about uh, their people. Uh, we'll get to some of the Chinese COVID zero madness at the end of the show if we we have time. But um, yes, uh, uh, all the Commonwealth heads of government uh, were there including uh, uh, Jacinta and her fiancé, uh, Clark Gayford. Have they rescheduled the wedding? Because she said in her, uh, what is that, a, what's that new, what is that, uh, back to normal speech that, you know, you could plan for weddings now uh, mm-hmm. with certainty. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I suspect she'll need to really focus on her election campaign campaign. Uh, this may be part of the election campaign. I don't know, um, but there certainly has been no mention of any wedding from from Jacinda since it was cancelled. Uh, which well, I'm trying to remember if it was at the beginning of this year or it was. Uh, was it, uh, yeah. What is that? When like she had the what is that traffic light system 2.0, yeah. Omicron traffic lights. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, but in New Zealand, uh, everything is is um, has been vaporized uh, except for the emergency powers. So the, the traffic light system is gone, but the official emergency powers still remain with the government. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. Um, the last of the uh, uh, mandates uh, should be gone. At least the official mandates should be gone next week, I believe. Um, and then there are supposedly still some mask requirements in um, hospital settings. But again, I, I don't know how uh, how well that's enforced. It took a, it did take a week, as I predicted. It took a, a week or so for the masks to, to really disappear in 99% of cases. And now if somebody's wearing a mask, they really are the odd one out. You know, it's only the, mm. the far left freaks who have uh, bought into the... Yes, uh, they, the, they, they, the, they, they the pandemic into their personality. Their conferences, yeah. uh, they uh, still continue to wear masks, and as do uh, the a lot of the, the teal independents, especially our new uh, federal mask, Karen, Dr. Monique Ryan, uh, the independent member for Kuyong, uh, because she was confronted uh, last week with her own uh, mask hypocrisy live on Sky News. She was uh, filmed dancing maskless at a community event. She's now been going to every uh, community uh, event in Kuyong wearing a mask. And as you can see in this photo, uh, she's the only one in this photo wearing a mask. Even the because we keep getting told that uh, it's part of Asian culture uh, that they wear masks. There's a lot of Asians in that photo. Not one of them is wearing wearing masks. So clearly it's not part of these Asians' culture. It's only part of the, the, the Karen culture in that photo. <laughs> but um, yeah, here in uh, Victoria uh, today, uh, we were one of the, the last dominoes to fall when it came to abolishing masks mandatory masks on public transport and uh, rideshare, uh, but uh, still have to be worn in hospital and healthcare and aged care settings, which I think, what is uh, because you still have to wear them, you don't have to wear them at the pharmacy, 
uh, because that's like a retail setting, but you have to wear them at the dentist, even though they like work on your mouth, <laughs> and at the even though it's about your eyes and wearing a mask that fogs up your glasses at the optometrist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, again, in New Zealand, we have our uh, uh, easy to refuse mask rules as they always have been. Like I haven't worn a mask in over a year. I mean, I did like once or twice, like two years ago, and that was about it. Um, yeah, but yeah, I understand you You still get your, you know, $150 fine, right? Or or have those, are those, is that, is that all gone too? Um, well, Mask compliance on uh, public transport uh, before uh, the abolition of the mandate today was pretty low. There was something like there was a report on Monday that uh, that's still about sort of 60 fines had been issued, but like 160,000 warnings or free masks had been uh, handed out. Uh, Stephen told us last week uh, that you know when he was offered the 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 mask nudge nudge on the on the tram, he just decided to take the mask and and and, and put it on just. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, uh, there's a question here just to to, to move into uh, my next uh, story here. Um, let me let me. I got to scroll back up already. Um, uh, Dr. Foster, who saw Jacinda's interview on the BBC? Uh, I did see it, and she talked about how uh, how wonderful uh, New Zealand's COVID response was, and how proud of it she was, and how she was, you know, uh, uh, would do it all over again if she could. Uh, and uh, well, uh, on that subject, we have had the media finally cover uh, what has become New Zealand's first official uh, COVID vaccine death. Uh, well, confirmed. There's probably yeah. been others. I, that's, I'm using the word official here, like the official coroner uh, report, official inquest, you know, court courtroom level stuff. Uh, uh, you know, the, he, this guy was killed by the vaccine. Um, and uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, and that's been played on the media. I believe you've got the yeah, uh, a little clip there for us. The coronial inquest has found that the Pfizer COVID vaccine caused the death of a 26-year-old Dunedin man in November last year. Twelve days after receiving his first dose, Rory Nairn died due to vaccine-induced myocarditis. Coroner Sue Johnson is yet to establish, as part of her wider inquiry, the circumstances around Nairn's death or whether recommendations are required. It's thought three in every 100,000 people who are vaccinated could then suffer from myocarditis. And we have, still have vaccine mandates in uh, in Victoria in healthcare, uh, aged care, and the justice system. And that's the, the the thing, of course, is that you know it was it was mandatory in so many settings in New Zealand. It was uh, you know, people were fired from their jobs; they were forced to have this. And now they admit later on, of course, as we have been talking about since the beginning is that this could cause serious harm to people. This could kill people. It is immoral uh, to force people to take it against their will. And that's what they did. And, you know, there's, that's it. But you know, as, as lady of Charlotte is saying, they all, yeah, they all admit to one or two, but they won't admit to the rest of the damage that they did and the people's lives that they destroyed because of it. Uh, we had a, a, our former uh, federal uh, deputy chief medical officer, Dr. Uh, Nick Coatsworth, uh, 
asked in a radio interview about uh, continued vaccine mandates and uh, his uh, response uh, was very blunt. Do we uh, maintain the vaccine mandates we have, which I think are healthcare, at least in healthcare, do we maintain those mandates or not? Look, the, the mandate's a really difficult one, Neil. From, from my perspective, I'll tell you why. We know that these vaccines can cause heart inflammation. Now, um, you know, there are not huge numbers of, of deaths from heart inflammation, but I think we can all agree that heart inflammation is a serious consequence of having a vaccine and is not the same as other vaccines, non-COVID vaccines. So, you know, are we mandating harm? Um, if we are, then that's a problem. And, and that's one first question. And the second question is, what's the public health value of mandates? Should we really, mm. at this point in the pandemic, take someone out of their job with all the consequences to that individual and their families uh, for, for a disease that really the World Health Organisation is telling us we need to integrate with all other respiratory viruses? I think the answer is no. <laughs> Drip, 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 as I see in the comments there, certainly. Yes. Uh, but yeah. uh, the the mRNA uh, updates, uh, uh, versions, oh, no. so somebody's software, said, firmware update. Yes, yeah, somebody said there's more <laughs> updates to these mRNA vaccines than there is to, to Microsoft Windows. Um, uh, no pun intended, of course. Uh, but yes, there's what, what is it called now? The uh, the they're, they're called the bivalent uh, vaccines from Pfizer and Moderna. Uh, so there's the the ones that are approved for uh, BA Omicron BA one, and there's apparently a BA five uh, uh, bivalent vaccine as well. That's the one that's only been tested on mice. It hasn't been tested on humans. It's going to be tested on humans uh, as it. Uh, uh, gets uh, rolled out and yeah, uh... yeah. <laughs> just absolutely, absolutely shocking stuff. Uh, still, you know, to think they're still doing that, and we've seen uh, excess mortality climbing across the world uh, for various reasons. You know, as as for, I wouldn't actually attribute large numbers of that to the vaccines. It's the it's the lockdowns and the consequences of shutting mm. everything down. I had delayed healthcare. People not checking. You know, not people not active. Uh, people not getting issues checked with their doctors or going to hospitals. Uh, these flow-on effects are massive, uh, absolutely massive, and uh, we are just seeing the tip of the iceberg come through now. Uh, and as uh, um, another commenter has already beaten me to here, uh, we've been saying this for two years. Same, same thing. And uh, you know, now they're talking about it like it's some kind of novel idea. Like, oh, oops, sorry, maybe. Uh, maybe we've, we've done some damage uh, when that was incredibly obvious from the beginning. Uh, that other uh, outbreak, uh, monkeypox, uh, our uh, uh, chief health officer in Victoria, mm -hmm. uh, Brett Sutton, otherwise known as uh, Bedwetter uh, Brett, uh, has uh, bragged that uh, we've been at uh, monkeypox zero uh, for a few mm -hmm. weeks now. And so New Zealand can't say that our numbers have climbed up to nine, I believe, uh, yesterday or the day before I saw the uh, five new cases reported in, in Auckland. But uh, he's uh, in his <laughs> second tweet has uh, uh, said that uh, because there's so, is still so many cases in the world, uh, keep getting uh, vaccinated. So, 
what is it uh new york city they've been bragging that they've flattened their curve through uh vaccinations uh as well like this was this uh, this uh a Gynos uh, by Bavaria Nordic. It's a vaccine that actually like works, unlike the, the ones that uh, <laughs> you know we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. Like it stops you getting monkeypox mm-hmm. and smallpox as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, speaking of of you know pandemics and disasters and uh, what else could go wrong, we have had a, a volcanic alert in New Zealand. Uh, the Taupo. Uh, a volcano has been set to high alert, uh, alert level, alert level one. I don't, I'm just getting PTSD from saying that. Um, anyway, um, it's been raised to an alert level uh, for the first time ever, uh, but we're being told that it's actually okay. It's fine. It's not going to explode. Um, but also they are raising the alert level. So take from that what you want um but uh yeah it's it's uh, who knows we could be on to the next thing already you know jacinda's just returned to new zealand from our overseas trip uh anything can happen i because uh, we're uh, having another uh spring and summer of la nina which means uh more rainfall uh, there's been another flood alert for the new south wales northern rivers where lismore uh, is which has already been flooded twice, as has uh, northwestern Sydney uh, near the Hawkesbury River, the uh, the the Windsor uh, Bridge. Uh, the reason, of course, these places uh, keep getting uh, flooded, Lismore, because it's on a floodplain, and because uh, okay. the Hawkesbury is near Warragamba yeah. uh, Dam. So, because you know, governments <laughs> they they they, they no, just no, no, it's the cl- it's it's. It's the climate. It's uh, it's got. Oh, well, I, I know with... that. Some of the, <laughs> it's got nothing uh, to do with floodplains and governments. Yeah, uh, um... yeah. I know that some of the <laughs> uh, freedom uh, conspiracy theorists believe that the the floods in Lismore are deliberate because uh, um, what is it? Dom Perrottet says we're going to build back better Lismore, oh, yeah. and so they, you know, they're going to put a high speed rail through. Lismore, that's part of the plan, even though the government, you know, it's always a pipe dream, the the yeah. high-speed rail. Um, we've also had a Optus, uh, our second uh, biggest uh, telecommunications company, has had a cyber hack attack, uh, which lots of customers' personal information leaked. And uh, the reason why this is sort of uh, a... Going like uh, discussed in political circles is because former New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian is an Optus executive now, even though she's not working with cybersecurity. There's like people are saying, like, oh, like I wonder if you know uh, she'll be in charge of the the Optus uh, shredder to get rid of all the uh, you know incriminating <laughs> documents. A lot of memes going around as there is in in these sorts of situations. But uh, on to the, well, it's well, it's almost uh, the official uh, beginning of the Victorian state election campaign on uh, no- November the 26th. Uh, the slogan uh, for uh, those who are uh, wanting Dan Andrews out, and it's actually uh, one of the slogans of the Victorian Liberal opposition is remember this November. So it's not remember the 5th of November, but remember <laughs> the 6th 
of uh, November. Uh, it was the the last sitting day of the the parliament before uh, the caretaker period uh, begins. Even though it's uh, uh, September, it was cut short by one day because of the, the public holiday, and uh, that is when the the Dan Andrews uh, government dumped fifty two uh, reports onto uh, the unsuspecting public and. Well, you can probably guarantee there's lots of scandals in in that when I uh, eventually uh, the uh, the the press pack uh, get get through that. I mean, they they've been easily manipulated and spun by Dan over this uh, past four years. Uh, it, those uh, among those documents, it didn't uh, contain. Uh, the uh, review into uh, the uh, COVID uh, restrictions, uh, but uh, the health uh, health minister Marianne Thomas, uh, she has now said the Independent Pandemic Ma- Management Advisory Committee has submitted its uh, reports on the management of the pandemic. Given the delay in receiving the reports and expanded cope, I will need further time to consider the findings. While I'm not able to table the contents today, I release the reports and the government's response prior to caretaker. Initially, uh, they uh, she said that it wasn't going to be released until after uh, the election. And now I was just talking about uh, memes. There's been a lot of uh, mocking and memeing of Dan Andrews' election slogan, which is uh, Dan Andrews and Labor uh, delivering uh, uh, oh, delivering what matters. And so in terms of uh, delaying reports, uh, Dan Andrews and Labor hiding what matters. Uh, there is... Also, uh, Dan Andrews and Labor delaying what matters. And uh, with the, the red shirts rorts, Dan Andrews and Labor rorting what matters. And, of course, uh, Dan Andrews and Labor lying that matters. And there's also Dan Andrews finding what matters uh, because it's been uh, revealed this, this week. Uh, that uh, Dan Andrews is uh, going to uh, fine uh, bushwalkers who s- go off the, the government-approved uh, uh, bush trails here. Wow. So uh, walkers and riders caught not using government sanctioned trails could face heavy fines, while swimmers could be barred from waterways without a, a permit. So they're fined for walking off the park trail, $924 and uh, wow. Victorians conducted wow. what is it, intrusive research interfering with wildlife, soil, rocks, vegetation, or visitors that contravene any regulation. The park could be hit with a $1,472 uh, fine. Those wanting to fill up a chainsaw with fuel or oil could also cop a $1,840 fine. The rules, which are currently in consultation, uh, are due to come into force before the election. The Environment Minister said the reforms would only be pursued to preserve parks or heritage. Uh, so uh, they'll s- consider these submissions and develop recommendations in the in the coming weeks. As we saw throughout the pandemic, uh, Dan Andrews and Labor love uh, obscene fines. And, well, um, I wonder if there'll be a Victoria Police operation to stomp on the heads and choke uh, bushwalkers who stray off the track. 
Uh, very similar to what I said at the beginning of the show when you talk about you know, fines for you know burning the Aboriginal flag and so on. So basically, you know, protecting their icons, their you know worshiping the creation uh, and seeing that as as more valuable than people. Uh, you know, absolutely insane stuff. Yeah, the most recent neo paganism. Yeah, most recent poll in the uh, it was published in the 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 Age newspaper um by i can't remember who who it was by again let me let me let me let me look it up uh but yeah uh, again confirm that dan andrews is favorite to be uh re-elected uh so, yeah it could be <laughs> because there's uh, a lot of uh There'll be a lot of uh, greens, uh, teals, and other independents uh, running. I've got the the poll up here. It was done by the Resolve Political uh, Monitor by Resolve uh, Strategic. So, the the primary vote, according to to this poll, of Labor is forty two percent, while the Coalition's is twenty eight percent. The uh, Greens think they're in uh, with an opening uh, this week uh, because of uh, Dan Andrews' uh, uh, decision uh, when uh, announcing a re rebuild of the uh, Maroondah uh, Hospital, uh, which he uh, promised to do four years ago. A lot of his health announcements are just uh, re-announcing uh, promises from four years ago, which obviously demonstrate that he's done nothing uh, to fulfil his health promises from the, the the last state election. Again, the media being manipulated. They like this is all publicly accessible. They could easily uh, ask Dan, "How come you didn't do this? Uh, you know, when you promised at last election?" Uh, but uh, the thing about the uh, Marunda. Uh, hospital uh rebuild renovation whatever you want to call it is that dan andrews is going to be uh renaming it the queen elizabeth ii hospital and uh the <laughs> co-chair oh, of uh, dan andrews own first people's assembly uh marcus uh, stewart uh he uh said that uh, the name change uh, has turned the hospital into a culturally unsafe place uh, for our people, uh, which, like, that's that's apparently a thing. Uh, it's not actually, like, you know, the hospital's <laughs> not actually medically unsafe. It's culturally uh, unsafe. And so, uh, yes, the, the, the Greens, uh, they've been uh, uh, very upset, and there's now this uh, petition uh, to uh, uh, to not because I didn't even know this Marunda was an uh, indigenous uh, name. So Dan Andrews he uh, defended it because the Queen was a long-standing supporter of Victoria's healthcare system and of the NHS in Britain. So uh, construction won't begin <laughs> though until 2025, and opening stages from uh, 20 uh, 29. But forget about you know what the you know, like the time frame for the hospital upgrade. It's it's all it's all about the the name. I mean, what's good? What good is a hospital uh, if the the name makes people feel culturally unsafe? Um. Yeah, I have no 
I have no comments uh, mm. on that. <laughs> I mean, but, I can um, Yeah. Meanwhile, though, um, the, uh, the, the health failures in uh, Dan's health system uh, continue to be revealed. So, uh, Vic, uh, so there have been uh, an alarming number of child deaths over the past six months. Uh, seven paediatric deaths have occurred in emergency departments uh, across the state since April. Uh, so this follows the 33 uh, Victorians who died uh, while waiting for an ambulance. Of course, the, the dance dance claimed that uh, our hospitals would cope perfectly well if just everyone wore magic masks. That's, that's always their retort. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, it was, it, <laughs> and thanks for the comment there, uh, Origin. Uh, it is indeed uh, culturally unsafe for us. Yeah, I was thinking uh, along the lines of, um, you know, the, they're able to, to leverage quite a lot of, of power and influence uh, uh, you know, cultural power and influence. They, they don't. It's not that they really care about the name, but they care about being able to control what the names of things are. This is something we see in New Zealand as well. Uh, lots of names of things being, you know, changed or um, uh, uh, reconsidered, and uh, and so on. And, and sometimes it's hard to tell whether it's a genuine case of uh, culture or whether it's uh, just purely done as a. Uh, as a leverage, as a, as a way to leverage power. So. Uh, neither of us have had COVID. Uh, no, right. that's right. No. I've tried really hard, but. Yeah, yeah. Even though hard. we've done, you know, <laughs> you know, everything wrong uh, this year. I mean, we've been running around with nude faces uh, everywhere, but, you know, nothing. Yeah. And as I said on the last show, no vax, no mask, no social distancing, no, no nothing. Um, but it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, no luck either. No. As, as Jacinta yeah. Ardern, she done a a mask uh, strip uh, video to celebrate smiles being back, like our leaders did. No, no. I'm sure if something that creepy had happened, I would have heard about it. Uh, mm. I'm, I'm not aware that anyone in New Zealand did any anything along those lines. Oh, well, it was very creepy when Anastasia mm -hmm. Palaszczuk, Mark McGowan did their their what is it? Uh, you know, uh, full face Monty uh, videos. Uh, now, uh, there's been uh, further, uh, what is it, uh, bullying allegations within the, the New Zealand Labour Party and also an update on the new National Party MP who, uh, well, has admitted he was a childhood bully. <laughs> yeah, so we'll start with the, uh, the Labour uh, MP who was expelled. I'm not really sure if we covered that in much detail. It happened about a month ago now nearly exactly a month it was, yeah it was um yeah, so, so uh, gaurav sharma um was kicked out of the labor party but there was no they didn't expel him from parliament he was able to continue uh, he's able to continue on as an mp he sits in the background somewhere behind uh, in, in the back corner all by himself and um he continues to be a thorn in their side uh, although he has dropped out of the news cycle recently uh, labor has refused to uh, do any investigations into uh, the um, harassment and bullying that he alleges. Um, 
And in the same way that they've refused to do any inquiry into the COVID response as well. Uh, everyone in the country practically is demanding a uh, Royal Commission of Inquiry into the COVID-19 response. And the Labour Party is, has the supermajority to block it still, even with him, uh, well, I say supermajority, just the majority to block him, uh, sorry, to block the inquiry. And obviously they, they don't need him uh, either. So they've just left, let him sit there in the back corner. Well, that's a way to get, get rid of, rid of uh, bullying allegations within your party, just kick out <laughs> the accuser. And just boom, gone. Um, and so they let, let him sit in the back corner. Uh, but then uh, uh, this week we have had uh, fresh uh, allegations uh, made against Labour MP uh, Anna Lork, who uh, had multiple staff accuse her of bullying. Um, obviously, we don't. It's always hard to know when it's it's the staff complaining about the MP because they could they they all come from these um, super left wing uh, universities and they're all like snowflakes, easily triggered, right? So it may just be that they felt uh, they felt culturally unsafe. Uh, or something, and, and that means that, that they've been bullied. So it's hard to know just what exactly is meant by these allegations. Um, but her response to it, I think, uh, gives you more substance than, uh, or at least shows that there's some substance to it, because she said she was going to do some leadership training. So if you are um, known to be bullying people, um, what you need is some leadership training in order to stop bullying people. So that's uh, that's what she's decided to do. Um, and around the same time, um, we've had Lux, uh, Christopher Luxon bring the uh, suspended uh, national MP Sam Uffindle back in. Uh, he was the recently elected uh, member for Tauranga, and uh, he is uh, being exonerated by a report uh, that was undertaken by a QC, uh, well, a KC now, I guess. And uh, yes. he... <laughs> uh, he will be uh, let back into the party. And also, uh, nobody's read the report except for Christopher Luxon. None of the uh, caucus has read it. Uh, Afindal hasn't read it. Uh, and um, uh, Luxon won't release the report, but he says that it uh, completely exonerates uh, Afindal from any bullying outside of that, which he admitted to. Uh, yeah, as a like uh, so, bullying when he was an adult. Because uh, yeah, there so was, was a uni, um, uni woman who said yeah, he was a bully or something. Yeah, yeah, that was basically the allegation, which was investigated. I do see the um, the media, sorry, the articles from last few days. They do correctly refer to um, the uh, KCs as KCs now, so that's uh, that's good to see. They've they've just they switched to that right away. It's nice to see. Um, yeah, so who knows? <laughs> who knows what really happened? Uh, but as uh, I think, I actually think it's a good idea for Luxon to stick with that to say. Uh, you know, yeah, we did the investigation, we did the report, uh, off you go. Um, everyone stop talking about it now, um, mm. which is much better than just dragging things out in the public. Uh, he's sort of done that. He did that at the beginning um, when it came to the initial allegations coming out. He called a press conference and 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 he made Uffindle front a press conference. It's all like absolutely insane stuff. He, you know, just, just, just shut up and eventually the media cycle will move on. So yeah. he seems to have decided to do that this time where he said, no, the report's done. I'm not talking about it anymore. No, you may not see the report. Um, and well, we'll it see, is we'll refreshing for a political leader to give an uh, accused MP due process and a fair hearing, yeah. not either hang him out to dry nor yeah. just cover it up. Exactly. So uh, we, we'll see if, if, if this bold uh, strategy pays off, um, but it seems to have been wrapped up appropriately. Um, we had... 
the next uh, scandal is the uh, we finally have a probe being launched um, into the conduct of Nania Mahuta, who is our foreign the minister. New Zealand streaming laws. <laughs> uh, basically, um, she uh, provides a lot of contracts to her uh, husband. Uh, and I know we haven't really talked about Mahuta's family connections in the show before. Um, she's the one spearheading the Three Waters implementation, which basically uh, nationalizes all local water assets and places them under iwi control. So, so uh, uh, several members of the Maori elite will have control over the, uh, the country's water supply and have veto powers over anything that happens. Um, she's spearheading that. Uh, and also uh, uh, is uh, married to her cousin, which is why he's referred to as her husband. Um, and he also happens to be getting also strange government contracts. So he's, his experience is like working with rubbish or something, but he seems to get lots of contracts for all kinds of things. Um, uh, three of the four agencies that have awarded uh, uh, contracts to her husband, um, she was the um, associate minister on those contracts. Um, the values of those are in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, and also a number of them, three of the four were awarded for work on the sole basis without competitive bids. And the third was a grant. So uh, he was sort of, you know, just given these contracts, uh, 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 given all this money. Uh, and it's kind of, it's unclear to me as to what his business actually is, what kind of business he actually runs. He just seems to just get random uh, uh, random contracts awarded to him. So that's finally being investigated now. I know I haven't raised it much on the show before because uh, it was just like, you know, bombshell after bombshell with, with no response from the government. But uh, it seems to finally have done the damage um, and it is being uh, inv investigated. So we shall see what happens. Uh, the government will probably investigate and exonerate itself. Uh, <laughs> as you can expect. But it just means that it's a people, whoever's uh, putting on the pressure here needs to keep it up uh, because it's working. Uh, and uh, at some point, um, you know, it, it, it will, it's it, it, at some point uh, you'll, you'll find the, um, uh, see sort of the, the breakthrough, the, the straw to break the camel's back, you know, where, where there's smoke, there's fire. And uh, uh, there's a lot of smoke in this. Uh, well, the, well, well yeah, it'd be yeah, best uh, to you say uh, in when it comes to, to water, a, a damn wall breaking. That'd be the, the <laughs> that, that would be good, yes. And, and possibly, you know, this could help to bring down the uh, the three waters um, reforms as well, which. Uh, or it's, you know, ra call it what it is, racist nationalizing of yeah, the country's uh, water. That's absolutely what it is, yeah. Uh, in fact, we can go even further and refer to it as the you know, sort of the uh, implementation of an apartheid system in New Zealand, where uh, you know everything is awarded based on on uh, on race, uh, where things are governed uh, based on race, and 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 that's not it's if things are locally governed by a local community based on race, sure, whatever, that's uh, absolutely no problem with that, um, but when your uh, things are na nationalised things are taken out of their local context and then placed uh, under racial control uh, is, is absolutely a recipe for, uh, uh, you know, a total breakdown of social cohesion in the country. It will, it will rip the country apart. Uh, we've had uh, both uh, David Seymour and Winston Peters on our local 
uh, Australian conservative media talking uh, about uh, this uh, th these uh, proposed uh, racist nationalising uh, water uh, reforms, and uh, it's uh, the reason why uh, there's now focus on on this issue uh, from our media is because as a word of warning about this could be neither unintended or intended consequence if the uh, Indigenous uh, voice to parliament referendum is is passed and this uh, Indigenous uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander advisory body uh, forms like who knows what type of uh, race-based uh, laws uh, they could recommend. Yeah, and and only only bad things can come of it, and that seems to be the intent. Really, the 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 intent, the intent seems to be to to break the country apart, um, because it's easier uh, uh, to it's easier to rule uh, in a very authoritarian way, uh, a, a very fractured uh, country, whereas a cohesive country with a single identity and a focused purpose. Uh, and you know, strong, uh, strong uh, government mandate, a strong directional mandate, uh, is something that the uh, the left and the the postmodern neo pagan uh, religion simply can't handle. It, it you know, it's, it's it has to it has to function by breaking down and destroying uh, to achieve its aims. Uh, we've got uh, the the new Albanese government's uh, mini budget coming down in October, and this week the Treasurer Jim Chalmers announced uh, that uh, the uh, uh, forecast uh, deficit uh, for the uh, financial year of seventy nine point eight uh, uh, billion will now be fifty uh, billion uh, lower. Uh, this is in part uh, due to uh, booming uh, commodity uh, demand and prices because, yes, like when a lot of the rest of the world relied on Russia uh, for, uh, well, particularly uh, gas and, and grain, uh, we've got you know, so, 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 so much uh, natural uh, resources here that we're the, the beneficiaries. If only we could use that uh, for uh, electricity of our own, that would be good. And also uh, because of 20 billion in downgraded spending due to uh, larger, largely to plunging welfare and COVID-19 payments uh, because, well, there's uh, less people uh, this year uh, being forced uh, to uh, sit at home and do nothing because they, you know, went to some venue uh, where somebody had uh, COVID. Uh, the next Wednesday will be the end of the uh, six-month uh, halving of the fuel excise, uh, but uh, they're still going to be spending to fulfill uh, their promises of uh, free childcare for everyone and uh, uh, parental leave for full uh, six months. So it's good that uh, the you know, quicker can, the, the budget can be back in black as the expression, uh, pay down some of the, as Jim Sharma says, trillion dollars of liberal debt because with rising interest rates, uh, we're probably going to have another interest rate rise next month with both the US Fed and the, the Bank of England yeah. raising interest rates uh, significantly. 
uh, because that increases the the government's interest rate uh, uh, bill. We had ours go up as well in the past month, um, another 50 base points, and interest rates now are up as well. Uh, One year mortgage rates are 5.5% as of today. So things are definitely climbing quite rapidly, really, when you compare this even to last year. Um, we were still at uh, three, three something, you know, three percent, ne- you know, nearly double. Uh, uh, we very well maybe by the end of the year. So, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to uh, get rough as well. Obviously, the Ukraine uh, war is is uh, probably heating up, uh, and Europe is going to be cooling down a lot in the next it's few more months. Like freezing. I mean, the, uh, and the, yeah, the Russian, uh, you know, uh, winter. I will obviously, I be uh, be a could change the course of the the war, uh, but the winter also means that well, there there could be a lot of excess deaths uh, from people who uh, can't afford uh, to uh, eat or heat uh, because of uh, energy uh, energy prices. I mean the the UK. Uh, their energy prices have quadrupled uh, over the past uh, year. Uh, so certainly there's uh, continued fears of a, a global recession, but Australia could still come out of it uh, unscathed like we did in the GFC because, again, of uh, the stuff we've got in the, in, in the ground, which everybody needs and wants. Yeah, and, and New Zealand's uh, energy, uh, same thing. We didn't fare too badly uh, in 2008 either. Um, and most of our energy comes from uh, the water, uh, the dams that we have, uh, I believe uh, close to 80% of our energy. Obviously, a little will struggle a little bit in the summer, but you'd need less energy in the summer. But yeah, oil oil is the difficult one uh, for New Zealand, and we've shut down our ability to uh, refine any of it. So uh, yeah. Hopefully China is nice and keeps buying that Russian oil and selling it to us at a markup. Yeah, and um, they buy your milk. <laughs> and buy the milk. Well, the milk price is very high. So the, so the New Zealand dollar is uh, tanking. Absolutely. We were at 70, 50, 57, 59 cents to the, Australia, uh, to the American dollar, uh, which is almost, a, uh, I don't know about historic rock bottoms, but definitely, definitely very, very painful to import. Um, but the exporters in New Zealand are very happy with the uh, the terrible state of our uh, dollar. Um, yeah, it's 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 always hard to make predictions in chaotic times like this, except that things will continue to be chaotic. So uh, you know, be uh, it's, it's just good to be prepared, good to be uh, uh, ready for things to get worse. Uh, even, now- even though they may not necessarily get worse, you should absolutely be ready uh, for things to get a lot worse here. Yes, uh, you know, what's the expression? Uh, hope for the best, but uh, prepare uh, or expect the worst. And mm-hmm. uh, now uh, the AFL grand final is tomorrow back at the MCG uh, because uh, in 2020, 2021, uh, the grand final and the, the, the uh, most of the AFL season were interstate because of uh, the Dan Andrews lockdown. Uh, so Geelong and Sydney uh, kicking off or bounce, I should say, at two thirty uh, Eastern time uh, tomorrow. It'll be, it'll be probably a hundred thousand at the at the MCG uh, a sellout. But imagine if you're seated next to to these uh, Geelong supporters for the entire <laughs> game. I mean, if you're still that concerned about you know 
COVID, I mean, just stay home. Like, why are you going around looking like that? Um, but in uh, the uh, the lead up to the the grand final, uh, average, your average your average uh, footy supporter. There's been a, <laughs> another uh, so-called racism scandal to hit uh, the absolute uh, woke uh, AFL, and that is uh, this. Uh, 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 report that the Hawthorne uh, Football Club uh, commissioned uh, into the 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 uh, treatment of Indigenous players uh, at the club, and the trigger for Hawthorne uh, calling uh, for this uh, report was uh, the 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 revelation earlier this year that um, Indigenous uh, player uh, Cyril Rioli. Uh, uh, quit uh, the the uh, uh, quit the game in 2018. The final straw was uh, when um, club uh, president uh, Jeff Kennett uh, uh, allegedly said uh, to Rioli's uh, wife, who had designed the Hawks Indigenous Round jersey, Kennett approached her and commented upon her designer ripped jeans. According to Shannon, Kennett asked her what was wrong with her jeans after making a retort about his boots. Shannon asked Kennett, what's wrong with what I'm wearing, Jeffrey? Hawks president then placed his hands in his pockets and offered her, he claims as a joke, some loose change to buy thread to uh, sh uh, sew up the jeans. So uh, in the days that followed the exchange, this serial uh, 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 missed training and a crisis developed with a number of, uh, and there were a number of top level meetings involving Kennett football boss, uh, Graham Wright, the coach, Alastair Clarkson and uh, Rioli's uh, manager, uh, and teammate uh, Sean uh, uh, Burgoyne. So yes, apparently this joke had a racial element, and so it was because of this. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know that this was such a traumatic event for you know to just say make a joke about uh, yeah. jeans. Uh, yeah. Amy's got Amy's got the right comment here in the chat. Boomer a boomer joke, and that's exactly uh, that's the. That's like that's like what your grandmother would say to you if you were wearing ripped jeans, you know. That's yeah. Uh, Jeff well, Kennett. By the way, I mean, uh, just saying, you're great. also spiritual boomers like myself would say that because I hate ripped jeans. But anyway, um, yeah, absolutely, very funny. Yeah, Jeff Kennett is the, the, the funny, the, the even funnier thing is the fact that they had uh, high level talks and meetings uh, mm -hmm. involving like all of the senior people about um, about the joke that was pretty obvious, like your average grandma joke. Yeah, uh, uh, Jeff Kennett is a former Liberal Premier of Victoria, so um, he his uh, tenure as Premier is seen as controversial uh, because basically he uh, saved the state uh, from uh, being uh, from uh, becoming bankrupt because of a Labor uh, Labor government uh, that he took over from and did a lot of privatization and deregulation, which is you know considered very bad. And mm -hmm. he's always been very uh, outspoken. Uh, also, as Hawthorne uh, club president as as well, so uh, he's always been a a, a target. And uh, the journalist who wrote this, uh, Caroline Wilson, uh, she's also she's done heaps of reports over the years about uh, alleged racism and sexism uh, in the AFL. Uh, so Hawthorne commissioned their own was it internal 
uh, Indigenous uh, report, which uh, was uh, a, which uh, the the ABC uh, published, and uh, one of the the former uh, Indigenous footballers alleged that uh, the then Hawthorne uh, coach Alastair Clarkson won four premierships with the club. Uh, has just been hired by North Melbourne and uh, then assistant coach Chris Fagan, who is now the coach of the Brisbane Lions. Uh, it's uh, alleged uh, that they told this Indigenous player his uh, girlfriend uh, needed to have an abortion uh, to further his career and then he needed to cut off contact with his uh, family and move in with uh, an assistant coach uh, as uh, uh, Andy Nolch uh, rightly uh, uh, wrote on the Unshackled. If this is, if this allegation is uh, correct, um, it's going to be uh, investigated by some KCs. Um, it's not. It's nothing to do with race. It's about. Uh, it's an abortion scandal. I mean, the issue for both of yeah, us. They, they, pr they pressured him to murder his child. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's it, it's incitement. I'm guessing it wasn't because his child was uh, uh, Aboriginal. I yeah, I don't think that, that, that um, you know, Hawthorne had a secret, you know, eugenics program <laughs> that they didn't want, you know, Indigenous people to reproduce. Um, but, um, you know, according to the, what is that, you know, the, what is that, uh, the, 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 tw uh, the Twitter uh, mob uh, that, you know, uh, the allegations are enough to say that, oh, you know, oh, that uh, it's fair to say that Clarkson and Fagan will, will never coach again. And, of course, they're the AFL, they have their uh, Indigenous round every year, both in the official AFL and in the AFLW. Uh, the AFLW's Indigenous round took place after the, the Queen's death, and so they didn't observe a minute's silence uh, because it was uh, Indigenous uh, round. Um, but, yeah, despite <laughs> all of that, and they had a welcome to country before every uh, AFL final uh, this year, but apparently the AFL's full of, of racism because Collingwood did a similar uh report because uh former is not an indigenous uh uh footballer he's of brazilian angolan heritage harrett lamumba uh claimed that there was racism against him when he was at uh, the football club and uh of course uh they claim that uh, adam goods the reason that people booed him into retirement uh was because of racism when mm -hmm. it's because he was a flog who uh, uh acted for free kicks and also uh accused the rest of us of of racism as well it's just occurred to me that um sport because i criticized professional sports in the past as being kind of the uh replay as being a, a sort of uh religious replacement in terms of giving people meaning and and entertainment and it's like the latest entertainment the latest uh the entertainment of wokeness if we may refer to that as an entertainment genre uh, has been absorbed into these uh, into these sporting organisations uh, because people find it entertaining. Like they must be able to make money because they make some, they get so many clicks from uh, pushing the latest uh, racism, sexism, whatever ism scandals, and that's part of the sport now. So half the entertainment is kicking the ball around on on the field, and the other half is the uh, uh, as the latest uh, you know the latest uh, shocking scandal, uh, whatever the latest woke thing is.
I mean, there's also been a, you know, active uh, feminization campaign of uh, the AFL. I mean, the year uh, began with an AFL journalist, Tom Morris, uh, being fired uh, because of uh, leaked audio of him and his mates uh, having locker room talk, which had the effect of, because it was leaked, outing a uh, Fox Waltz colleague. I'm not sure if I've got time to play these clips they're only 30 seconds long um it's up to you yeah sure um we're, i mean we're coming up to the top of the hour um i said i wasn't going to go over time or go long uh this week because uh, i'm very tired struggling to stay going to be struggle to stay awake in a minute um but sure we'll go five more minutes so you've got five minutes uh, do with it what you like yeah so this this is this is what uh what got uh tom morris cancelled There's no audio there, so um, I'll play the other clip here. Alright, so the lads on tier four. I don't know who the fuck you are. I'm not Asian. I'm not black. I'm not a woman. I'm not gay. So don't treat me like shit. I'm a man with a heart and I've got feelings. Love is all. Hey, I'm, what's your name? I'm Will. I just met your friend called Will. I don't think he's a fucking cunt if I'm honest. But most of all, I reckon you're all good men. Thank you, lads. The other clip, which there was no audio for some reason, when he was saying his hot, the the hottest uh, co-worker at Fox was uh, Megan uh, Barnard, but unfortunately she was a lesbian and she had a liquor license and was very good at it. So uh, these uh, clips uh, surfaced uh, the day after uh, the Western Bulldogs coach had a go at him, accusing him of gutter. Uh, journalism and his final words were Fox backs me a hundred percent and the next day he was he was fired. Now what he said was basically similar to Trump's locker room talk. Uh but you know even though they were private conversations he still lost his job for it. And another example of you know the feminization uh of the AFL is uh, there was a there was a uh, Melbourne footballer, Harrison Petty, who uh, cried on field uh, after the Brisbane Lions uh, captain, uh, Dane Zorko, said, I hope your mum dies. Like, he burst into tears on the field over that sledge. And I was just sort of, what's happening to, you know, supposedly, you know, the masculine um, sports warrior? Yeah. Uh... I don't, I don't really, I don't have an answer to that. I don't really care uh, what happens to the professional sports. Uh, turn it off. Uh, and I hope it dies. Probably won't. Uh, like I said, it's kind of, it's, it's absorbed the latest, uh, the latest in entertainment. And the latest thing in entertainment is, uh, you know, manliness is not seen as a, uh, uh, as, as, as sort of a cultural or, or entertaining feature anymore as it was you know maybe 50 years ago when sports was at its at its height and so it's uh, adapting with the times perhaps that's my only explanation uh, but like i, I don't really care i don't care yeah. i don't care enough to know what the well i'm is. i'm a lifelong afl and also mm -hmm. soccer uh fan as well the Socceroos beat the the all whites uh last night in brisbane i'm i'm surprised that your new zealand soccer team is still allowed to be called the the all whites, the all whites. Yeah. <laughs> i don't know how long that's gonna last for um uh yeah yeah it's, but it's, um 
Yeah, uh, I hate sports. Uh, yeah, sort of. Uh, and I know I hate sports, but um, professional sports, basically. Um, you know, there's something about, say, the Olympics, or at least what it used to be, which was, um, yeah, you know, they sort of what who's who's the best in the world at this, that, or the other thing. Um, that's perhaps interesting, or um, you know, having fun with people that you know uh, for sports. I enjoy that uh, training training, martial arts, things like that. Uh, I enjoy those, but I don't enjoy them professionally. I, I just don't see the appeal at all. I do, which is why it's such a, a tragedy for me to just uh, see this. Um, we'll finish off with uh, briefly, uh, we mentioned it at the beginning, that uh, uh, communist China are still having their COVID zero policy, uh, which to anyone who still wants COVID zero and lockdowns move to China. Um, it's apparently about saving life, uh, but a, a quarantine bus carrying 27 people crashed and they all died. Um, I guess if they didn't die of, of COVID, uh, then uh, that's, <laughs> yeah. that, 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 that's okay. Um, and in uh, one of the, the, the lockdown uh, cities, uh, 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 Changsha, uh, there was a towel that caught fire. Now, apparently they, they put the fire out, according to the Chinese authorities, and the building didn't collapse. The fire didn't melt the, the, the steel beams, like, unlike some other buildings. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> Um, I did see that on uh, on Twitter earlier on the week, and that was uh, that was, was about ninety percent of the comments. Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah, and I, it, looks, it looks similar to the Grenfell Tower one in the UK, where it's like they've got the eco friendly cladding that they build these buildings out of, um, and it just turns it into a giant torch. And uh, this is what happens if there's a word of a positive case in a facility. This is Shanghai Costco when we got around someone tested positive there. And despite all their quarantine, they've been in the case of monkeypox as well, and so their advice is don't touch foreigners. Don't some old-fashioned xenophobia as well. So you wonder how long China will be in this, uh, uh, you know, totalitarian uh, biosecurity health fascist uh, surveillance state. Yeah, it's, it's sort of bizarre to see in China's, um, that they do totalitarianism well. Uh, they built the only viable form of communism. Um, but the COVID stuff seems to, to be very, very strange. Um, they're, they're responsible because it, like, it doesn't matter, right? You just, everyone could catch COVID and almost nobody well, would die. Because it's all about, uh, you yeah, know, the government. Would die. There's no cost uh, to the state. Yeah, the, the, the government, you know, Xi uh, proving that, you know, wanting to prove uh, that communist totalitarianism mm -hmm. is, you know, more superior yeah. form of system because we can just, you know, yeah. do I mean, these. We copied, we copied their system for two and a half to three years and now we've all abandoned it thankfully and hopefully it'll never happen in the western world again yeah we, never we again need to, 
we you know no bug man we don't want the yeah the bug man um biosecurity state uh, ever again who knows well you know what, what will happen hopefully it's been uh uh you know the end of it but you never know it will it will have to be um uh vigilance required of course but now there's at least a lot of information to back up you know what went wrong this time i think a lot of people went into it two and a half years ago and i remember saying then oh people will wake up eventually um and yeah they do wake up. they do wake up eventually it just takes a oh, lot two longer. years but people people realize that that it's wrong and once it's basically documented and they've experienced it being wrong um it becomes a lot it actually does become harder to do again because they only they only agree with it you know they follow uh, they go with it the first time or they go with it for a certain amount of time because it's the easy thing to do but when they've been through it and they realize that it wasn't you know yes you're doing going along with it was the easy thing at the beginning but then at the you know after two and a half years it was incredibly painful there'll be a lot more difficult they'll um resist they'll resist uh it in the future more so yeah it's uh yeah bizarre behavior but it's important to understand it um because you know that's they you, you live with these people you know these people are the electorate we do live in a, a sort of democratic society where all of the dumb people get to vote so it's a question of how can you get enough dumb people to vote for you to make a difference well that's uh well what um dan andrews is counting on more dumb people <laughs> to, to get him pre-elected uh that the uh, uh, the, uh, the art of democracy uh, uh summed up that's that's what I've come to the conclusion of, uh, and it's an interesting problem to consider and to try and crack. Uh, we'll see. I, I know we're like um I'm over time. The overtime I was going going over. I'm going to start. Well, a lot of it would have taken five minutes, uh, but like when I you know, <laughs> uh, discuss these things, you've got about you know another five minutes worth of your your own thoughts. So. I do. That's right. I shouldn't have given you five minutes. That was my bad. All right. Yeah. Well, that's basically it uh, from from me. Um, I. Uh, yeah, I've been very busy the past little while. I probably will be busy for the next two or three weeks at least. So probably no um, written articles or any other videos, but I have some plans to do some um, some blogcasts and video recordings of previous articles that I've written. I've got a whole bunch of plans for uh, future articles to write as well. I've got some drafts and things. So expect Right Minds uh, to see some activity in the last few months of the year. Um, but I'm, I'm in... Uh, yeah, trying trying to do too many things at once as I usually do. Um, yeah, so it's nice to be nice doing the show. See everyone again in two weeks. It's been good seeing the regulars, and uh, it's been very nice to follow the chat from all of you. So, good night. Yep. Thank you, everyone, for for watching uh, once again, both on the Unshackled and Right Minds uh, channels. I'll be back with uh, Stephen Berry next Friday, 6 p.m. Uh, Melbourne time on the Unshackled YouTube channel. Tim's News Explosion back on Monday, 8.30 p.m. on the Wilmsfront channels. I've just filmed some fresh reports uh, from Tiger Mountain with Richard Wollstonecroft, so they'll be coming soon. And, of course, keep checking out the Unshackled.net because we're still publishing new uh, articles as well. Good night, everybody. Have a good long weekend uh, wherever you are it's a it's a long weekend in western australia as well they have their well it's they have their queen's birthday long weekend but obviously it's the king's birthday now so uh yeah happy long weekend to yeah, everyone who's having one good night all right farewell and i hope that uh, you enjoy the last aircraft going overhead and uh good night good night
Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of Trad Tasman Talk. To keep up with the latest real news and analysis from the Tasman Nations, visit theyoungshackles.net and rightminds.nz.